On this episode of Quantum Week, November 1 through 7, 1999. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year and talk about movies, music, headlines, stories. We are in November 1999 with Fight Club and Satisfy You, a patron generated week that's right moss dudley so we got all the dudleys we have in the dudley show reports <laughs> uh but moss dudley is uh, uh sponsor this week uh the big reason he wanted to do was princess mononoke we're covering that movie on saturday yep uh but this was his second movie that he was really excited to talk about was, the, was fight club and that's a spiteful movie too he did that on he, mononoke, he did not yeah, this one. he came right he went after you with that one yeah on twitter i was think i was making fun of anime again <laughs> again like and, always uh, he's like have you seen this movie i'm like no <laughs> and he's like would you cover the show i was like if you sponsor the week sure i guess and he's like done done i was like fuck <laughs> called I, you out what have i done <laughs> so i have to watch this mononoke thing on saturday uh and then uh so we're actually gonna be 1999 for two weeks right 1999 next week too which i'm yeah. excited about because 1999 is one of the great film years in history it we've is. only covered it once our very first episode we did moneyball that's right uh, the last week of 99 uh so it's nice to spend some time uh in 1999 uh at least two weeks who knows maybe it will even be a third but uh at least the next two weeks are all 1999 totally uh we do have some show news uh up top that may <laughs> piss some people off maybe um so the first thing is uh the little thing is uh we, next week will be a regular week uh, obviously 1999 and uh, the week after that we will be off uh we will um taking a week off uh we are both traveling both traveling us. Yes, um, yes. Uh, separately i'm gonna go solve a murder in north carolina is what i said last time that's right matt, matt likes that joke I and do. then uh i'm gonna be in uh, in new hampshire uh and uh, having a nice relaxing week um so uh away oh, we're another party yeah we're away. we're away yeah yeah uh so um yeah that, so that is that's we will you know, no show. We'll have a Patreon show um, that that week. Yeah, so the Sundays will continue. So actually, as we, we have end up doing four movies that next week. Yes. Um, and uh, the, the bigger news though is we're going to be uh, doing less shows per week. Sorry about that. We're going to go down to one and one. Yeah. So how that's going to work is there's not going to be any more free Wednesday shows. So it'll be a Saturday show, which would be free, uh, and then we'll do a Sunday Patreon show. So the big answer is like you know I'm sure some people might be relieved like. It's a lot of content. It's, like it's a lot, you know. Yeah. We've been doing that for a while. Uh, the big reason is, uh, uh, well, I mean, Matt's yeah. Part of it now. is, I, yeah. Part of it is, I, I have a full time gig. I mean, I've been doing freelance work and stuff, uh, but it's less flexible now. So, it's what we kind of realized is we have no margin for error. So, like, if a snowstorm happens or we're away, or we tr- one of us tries to go away, we end up having to, you know, if if we were to go away for a week and didn't want to take it off, we'd have to do six shows in a week, and we've had to do things like that um like around august yeah because we were away for a week and it just puts a tremendous amount of pressure on us to do a good job like we really at the end of the day it means you have to do like back-to-back shows y- yes, which, yes, yes, yes when yes. i knew that is like we're doing shows like in back-to-back days which it's yeah it's it's not you know we're not like you know putting a railway together we're not you know you know we're not doing manual labor i get that but it's um you know it's just to watch the movie, do the song, do the research necessary to put on the show that we want to put on in like less than 24 hours is, is it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot. It's just tough. And it, um, it also like, isn't a lot of fun. Um, so we, um, we both have some like vacation stuff planned this summer and we were just looking at the calendar and just like, 
how are we gonna do this plus and then like you know matt's matt's much busier you probably you might even notice that on social media he's been a, he's been a lot less active on social media yeah. I and mean, the guy's uh busy doing a new you know a new job and that's is a lot going on with that and then uh for myself i'm not as busy uh, but i do have some stuff you know going on in the in the summer we're going away and stuff like that and it's just like uh, i don't know if and then, like I said, there's no like. What if something? There's happens? no room for like, error, for error whatsoever. Yeah, there's it, just none. There's just there's just not like you know we do the three shows a week. So you know just from the you know if we're not if we don't want to do back to back shows, you can do three shows a week. You can see how this is pretty close to no you know yeah. this doesn't yeah, give yeah. a lot of wiggle room. So uh, you know if we want to do a live show one day, we couldn't do that and do three shows. Or yeah, even doing the we did that extra like watch along a couple weeks ago, and then that added a fourth show to the week, and right. we're like, Jesus, like this is just it's and really- the watch alongs are pretty are you know are, are pretty right now. Having said that, so that's kind of that's kind of the, the big bad news. The good yeah. news is we're not gonna never do three shows a week again right, like, right so like let's say we have a guest on we'll do three shows that week let's say a fan sponsors a week just like moss w did this week we'll do three, we'll do shows. three shows yeah there's also gonna be weeks where i'm gonna you know i'll be like oh man matt like there's three really good movies can we do three you know yes so th- it's gonna be but for the most part um it's gonna be a saturday sunday we thought kind of i also this and this is it's not just on matt being busier it's on me too like i wanted the shows to be more like an event i feel like it's just been like it's just like a it's like it's been like i I was telling that it's like an nba schedule for us like i feel like there's always a game but having it be an nfl schedule i think is a lot more exciting sure um so that was the other kind of reasoning there too yeah um yeah i don't want to like talk too much about i guess it's not that probably not that exciting uh our decision making process behind it but i always wanted to explain it and there you go that's where we're at yeah, so Saturdays and Sundays. So next week will be a normal week. The week after that, we're off. And then the week after that is when we'll go to our new schedule. Yep. Um, like I said, Saturday. Uh, and it's not... Oh, one more thing, too. It's, it, it, one thing we kind of bow with is our our show numbers are going up. So like December, January, February, those are three of the biggest months we've ever had. So we both kind of were like, oh, we're kind of... Is it good to scale back? Like that yeah, was exactly. Kinda, yeah. You know, it's not yeah, like yeah, we're right. having less people listen. We're having more people listen than ever. But uh, the other thing, element of it though too, is like, all right, well then we might be able to have a higher number per episode. Like our, you know, I think we're gonna that Saturday show is gonna draw more than having a show on Wednesday and Saturday. I think so. Uh, per episode, not yep. combined. So obviously our total downloads will go down, but our show a- averages will go up. I think. And ultimately, that's like if, you know, if you're looking for advertising, that's what they're looking for. They're trying. To, they're looking at the per show average. They're not looking for you know. Right. total downloads of all your episodes or even if like we wanted to you know a network or something and wanted to jump on with one or something that's what they would be looking at too as a per per episode number so yeah i think i think the, the main effect reason, is it goes up the main reason is it's just we're just it's a lot just it's just just busier and just we just you know at the end of the day like i always say like, this is supposed to be fun and it's i think it'd be more fun if we're doing it that way but we'll see you know maybe yeah maybe i'll be maybe we'll destroy our show. <laughs> <laughs> two months will change our mind but uh uh, yeah, so that's kind of the, that's the game plan. Obviously, if you have any questions about that, you can always reach out to to us, and uh, I'll I can try to explain it in great detail if if, if you know if you have any questions because I think that stuff's inter- I like I think behind the scenes of kind of like a a, a new growing podcast hopefully is, is I think that stuff's interesting, but maybe someone else doesn't. But if you think it is interesting, reach out and I'll try to explain it in better detail. Sure. Um, also, want to say thanks to our patrons Thomas W, Justin D, Seth K. But like we said, this episode is brought to you by Moss Dudley, Justin D. Yeah, um, and we're still with two tours. We are. Yes, 
and I, as I've been mentioning, have been eating the absolute shit out of that fucking hemp infused sugar. I'm sure, um, I'm sure they use that exact quote on their marketing <laughs> you campaign. Do exactly. That. <laughs> what? You don't like the way that I said it? I don't. Uh, oh. No, this stuff is great. Uh, droplets are amazing. They help with insomnia. Uh, they are. Um, uh, Matt loves the sugar. Love it. Makes Love me feel it. great in my peanut butter. Just yes, tastes good. He mixes it with the peanut butter and eats it, and you feel <sighs> feel good. Yeah, yeah, I and do. We I all, do. They also have the soft. Um, uh, but uh, I said the droplets always was helped with uh, with the insomnia, which one of the characters in Fight Club has. So I'm, you know, watching it, you're like, dude, you're like, dude, just have some two tours. Some two tours. It's that easy. Of course, that was 1999, right. so they didn't. Two tours didn't exist then. I know, but uh, if they did, that would be the way Poor to go. Edward Norton character. Prob- it it would have been a shorter movie. Problems would have been solved. It would have been solved. Yeah. Um, yeah. Two tours is awesome. You can go to two tours dot com. Yep. Uh, code word QW to get ten percent off and uh, free shipping. Um, yeah, I mean, and everybody that I know that's, that's, uh, reached out on like a Twitter and gotten it. They've all said the same thing. They really love it. Yeah. They uh, do a great job. Like the packaging is, is really good. Um, you definitely, it doesn't feel like chintzy or I'm a big packaging guy. I like the way things feel. I guess you and, are. Yeah. You uh, mentioned this a few and, times. Um, it always it looks, looks great. Uh, it holds up really well. Like it, you know, it's, it's not, you're not getting like a, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I, I was like, I was, you know, what? How is this going to come? I, you know, you just don't know. And I, I'm always cynical about like stuff like that. Like, what, what am I going to be getting here? Uh, they do a fantastic job. I, I the I said I, the droplets are great. They sent it to me. I'm like, oh, this is great. It's right. It's right. I, it's right on my, my pantry. It's on my shelf right there. And I reach anytime. Like, um, it's, it's getting late. It's getting I'm not tired. I'm feeling like Edward Norton. I got to go some, you know, go to some like self-help groups or something like that. Yes. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting edgy. Uh, droplets, half hour. Boom. I'm sleeping. Great. Um, anything else? Should we move on to Fight Club? We can move on to Fight Club. Fight Club. Uh, David Fincher's fourth film. I like it a lot. I don't give it an A, maybe somewhere between B plus and A minus. There's a couple things that are kind of a bummer about it, but all in all, really enjoyed watching it again. Yeah, uh, I'm a little conflicted too. Uh, so this is, for the longest time since it came out, it has been one of my hundred favorite movies. Uh, it, still, it still is, I think. Um, the problem is not... The problem is I'm getting older and this movie is less and less made for me. And I'm sorry. Yeah. And I, the older I get, the more I become the old. This movie is obviously, if you haven't seen it, it's very much like anti commercialism, anti materialistic view of the world. That's like heavily testosterone from a male perspective. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at it more as a, of a tri- So consumerism is kind of a symptom of being afraid of your own mortality. So I kind of look at it at that abstraction layer. Like it's more about the fear of death and coming to grips with that. And by doing that, you're removing the, the, um, the consumerism part of it. Like consumerism is, is I have this existential fear. So I need to like surround myself with stuff. I don't think mortality is in this at all. Oh, I, I do. I mean, no one, no one talks about like, that's not how the creators, I know. Well, there's a self-help and then there's like, you there's know, a character that does get sick and die. Exactly. Right. So to that point, no, but, but also it, like he shoot like the end of the movie shoots himself in the head right. like in, he has to come over he has to get over the fear of death you know burning his hand the the pain right. part like that, that's a that seems like a lot of it to me i thought it was more like losing yourself like your identity your identity being your vanity so you're losing that element of it it's basically it's about stripping yourself down to nothing and then you have everything but that's the problem that's the problem with the movie that i have though is that okay so the whole thing is like commercialism is bad materialism is bad yeah yeah it's more see i see it at a different level again i just see it as as um as holding on to stuff 
It's like, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be physical goods or whatever. Yes. And that was the, that was the trajectory that they took the movie in, but it's more about grasping for things. It's like not letting go of things. Um, okay. The anti-materialism, anti-commercialism obviously is kind of a rebellion against the eighties. Uh, and, uh, you know, kind of, I think it's also speaks to a generation. Uh, there's that line of, you know, we're the middle children of history, which is absolutely right. It's, it's a thousand percent on anyone. Generation X, generation sure. X is defined, um, by a lot of people, uh, including myself as people born 1964, 1982. Um, and if you are in that whole, you are in, it's, you're not a baby boomer and you're not, um, a millennial. Um, and you're, you even see it now with like, like they'll show graphics of like how generations feel about certain things. And they'll even like leave generation X off. Like, <laughs> like it's just like, we just, they don't you matter. Know, we didn't, you know, we didn't protest. We didn't have a major war. You know, we didn't have our, our quote unquote, like big moment or big, you know, civil rights thing. And, um, maybe that speaks to like the passivity of our generation or whatever it is. But for whatever reason, they're right. We absolutely are. We've sure. become this like forgotten child of, uh, of history and so it speaks to kind of that element of like kind of like these, these people who have kind of nothing to kind of like um band behind and, and rally about uh so you're kind of just like lost but the solution in the movie is to live in a shitty mansion and join a cult yeah and that doesn't like, well they actually i think his condo in the beginning was a better life yeah so because it wasn't too far materialistic. It's not like he was living in a, you know, a 2,500 square foot house somewhere. Right. Like it was way more. He was a yuppie. Conti- right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't like he was, you know, in suburbia in this big McMansion or something. No. Which would have been more of a, like a let go, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, right, I agree with that. Yes. Um, although they're kind of like the whole movie is kind of mocking that, that person, that invisible person, but yeah, right, it's yeah, not yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, so I, I think, you know, the older you get, this movie is just more and more immature. It's, it's a movie that just likes to scream about the problems, but then does absolutely nothing to want to solve them. And that's easy to do. It's easy to, and I've been bitching about this on, you know, the older I get, I become that guy, I guess like on like, I feel like lately, even this, this generation of millennials, like just complain and complain and complain. And I think social media allows for that. You can just like bitch about stuff. Yeah. But like, all right, well then fucking fix it. Do something. Then fucking like, let's get some solutions. It's yeah. You don't like Volkswagen Beetles? Yeah, they suck. I get it. It's, it's boomers forcing their their childhood on onto us. It's it's tacky. It's lame. It's cheesy. I'm glad they smashed it up in the movie. I totally get it. Yep. They are they are so lame and stupid. I I I'm on board. But like, then like, what's the alternative then? Exactly. Just break the old. Yeah. So that it's it's destructive versus creative force, and that's what this movie shows a lot of. It's breaking down. It's just, or even Project Mayhem. It's like all they're doing is just breaking shit. Breaking shit. Right. And it's like, but that's that's not productive energy. Creative energy is right. so. You're exactly right. So like they, there's a at solutions. one point they uh, they have a sculpture and they set the sculpture like on, on fire. Yeah. Like they blow it up and it rolls down yes. and smash into a Starbucks. Yes. Okay, fine. I, I I get it. Like fuck Starbucks. I I'm totally on board. They they've destroyed like mom and pop. Um, you know those kind of like franchises have destroyed a lot of like just uh, people owning a small business. It's, everything's just become so corporate. I totally understand this stupid sculpture that yeah. our, our tax money went to that, yeah, that there's no circle. any real good. It's just stupid and yeah, mindless big circle. Like, yeah. it, which is on it's, point. Right. I, I totally get it. But like, all right, you broke it. They're just going to rebuild it. Like, exactly. What, what yeah. are we doing here? Yeah. You know, you're just doing this like weird vigilante stuff just to make yourself feel good in the moment, I guess. But it doesn't really do anything. And, you know, this movie was um, was created as a satire 
uh, you know, Fincher wanted this to be a satire. Obviously, it's from the, it's from the Chuck Palahniuk book. Yep. Um, uh, and he wanted, and Palahniuk wrote it as a satire as well. And, and, and it's written to be funny to like look at, you know, like when Ed, Edward Norton's in his like IKEA apartment and like the ha- catalog kind of comes sure. to life. Like yeah. that's what they're trying to do here, and I get it, and they do it really well. Um, but we, the older I get, the more I'm like, all right, well, that's just not enough. No, it's not. It's not enough to just point point fingers yeah. and, and to right and to show the destruction of it but i found it funny so i can understand that but at the funny. same time it's a very funny movie at the same time it's like it is funny to poke fun it does feel like it does feel like the 90s well yeah i mean it's, it's, you know it, what i mean like that that's the yeah it's holding the 90s on trial yes. i mean that's what it is it's it's you yeah know, it's everything the 90s stood for there right there yeah they're um, litigating. right so but it's a funny movie like there's a great line in the movie i i think about it all anytime on a plane i think about it all the time it's like uh all right, I have to get up. Should I give you the ass or the crush? <laughs> and it's like, that's exactly right. Like we, you know, we try to be these like polite civil people, but at the end of the day, like you're just a guy in a plane with an ass in his face. And it, like, it's cause it's all an illusion. Like all of this, like civility and all of this, like properness and all of this stuff is all bullshit. It's all fake. It doesn't mean anything. And they're exactly right. But on the same token, you know, burning up your hand and living in some shitty place. And then like, you know, being in being this nameless person in a cult, uh, that's the answer. No, I don't think so at all. I don't think so. So that's definitely a darker way to look at it. I, I, so I chose the, a little bit lighter way of looking at it as, as ridding yourself of attachment of not grasping anymore of breaking down yourself. The problem is like what his, you know, his sleep sleepwalking or his, uh, his insomnia too. He's sleepwalking through life. Like he's not paying attention to the present. He's making no human connections whatsoever. Correct. And by the end of the movie, he has, you're right. He's broken himself. He's done a lot of outward negative shitty things too, culturally. And you know, for his, around his environment in the city, but like, but he's also broken himself. That's so hard to do to break yourself away from all those attachments to get down to the important parts. And I think he needed to experience, experience all sorts of emotional death, physical death in order to transcend. And you kind of, at the end of the movie, you think he should probably go to prison, but actually you kind of think he's going to be all right. Yeah. I mean, it seems like he's done it and now he's moving on. Well, the world is all fucked up. It now. is. It in, is. In, in right. this world, I mean, it's a ridiculous premise. In this world, there's like eight buildings that are all next to each other that hold all the credit card. I, I know. I know. That's <laughs> stupid, but fine. We'll play along. Uh, <laughs> there's no, no redundancy here, guys. Okay, fine. Yeah, I know. Um, and they all are in the same neighborhood? Like, what if there's a tornado? Okay, yeah, this fine. Is not, Whatever. Yeah. We'll, we'll play along. So, but in this world, I guess everyone's like, it's a reset button for everybody. Yeah. Um, but I just think like it was hope. It felt hopeful for him. Yeah, I sort of I I just didn't think so much about the rest of the world and what had been done. I didn't I didn't like well, that and, was I just let go. You're not really supposed to. No, look at how it's framed, right? Yes. And Fincher obviously is a genius. We'll get into him in a second. Yeah. But like you know, you, you have uh, the majority of the shot is him and help. You know, it's Edward Norton and Helena Bonham Carter frame center yep the stuff is in the background yes you're not supposed to focus on that right stuff. you are supposed to supposed to focus on the individual yeah. Yeah, and that's how it felt. It's like he broke himself down, yep. and now he can move on with the rest of his life with a better perspective of of his life. That's the lighter version of it, you know. If you don't want to go so dark with the with the total anti consumerism and destruction element of it, but that's what the movie is. Though. It is. I mean, you're right. You're, you're right. right. You're right. That end piece. Yeah, it's nice. He's maybe feeling better, <laughs> but I mean, we just sat through two hours of you know them like tearing shit up, which is that's true. Stuff I don't mind them tearing up, and you know, and I I, I know it feels like I'm knocking this movie, and I, so let me just say this too: this movie's beyond brilliantly shot oh yes it is perfectly cast yes from everybody mm, i have some problems with oh, norton i have some problems with norton 
I do. That was what? my. That was an issue for me. Where I don't believe that he is Brad, like the Brad Pitt character. I don't believe that that the Brad Pitt character we're seeing is coming out of him. Like when you see him kind of snap into it when Pitt's not around anymore. Yeah. I don't believe him. He's just not as confident. Well, yeah, he's not going to be. Yeah, well, I, oh, I mean, that's his like ideal. That's his. That's his ideal. It is ideal. You're, even when, we're but like, I, but I don't believe he is confident enough to be able to persuade a bunch of other people to do this huge ass fucking project mayhem. I just don't believe him as the actor. I believed him as the meek. Oh come on! I mean, he, American History X. He proves that he can like read these idiots around. Yeah, no, it didn't work. It didn't work as much for me in this one. That aspect oh, of it, I, I, I felt like he was more. he was better as as the one character, not the other. Well, he's the other character for it. It's just a small part of the movie. Though. I know, but that was, I, but that's what I'm saying. It's a small drawback. This is a B plus A minus movie for me. I, this is a little issue. That's that I, a, I think they're, I think they're both brilliantly cast. I think even like Jared Leto is great. Yeah, in he's this. great. Um, and you know, Meatloaf's <laughs> Meatloaf's fantastic. <great. laughs> uh, Helena Bonham Carter. I, I, I would have maybe gone a different direction. Uh, just cause this is such an American movie. I would have maybe gone with the American actress. Sure. Uh, you know, with her not being, her having that British accent or, or just and kind of giving off this British air, it just doesn't quite fit the griminess of this film. So that's one area where I might have gone. She's a very good actress. She, she is she's very good. Doing actress. the best that she can. And yeah, she's fine. And she's good at being. She totally like. She's not Merchant Ivory at all. She fucking no. gets right down the grind with these guys. Yeah. But I think if it was a, if it was a different actress, it might have been was um, sold better. Yeah, I think I would have just. Yeah, I thought she was. Yeah, I thought but she's she was very good. good. I mean, yeah. she, uh, but I nor an impediment. And then Fincher is 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 an maybe the one of the best most intelligent directors of our if not the most intelligent director of our generation yeah i was thinking because we just watched greece right and how like yeah. shitty that director job was and i was like yeah. oh this is what a director really does yes. there's a great scene uh it's towards the end of the movie where edward norton is is it well, he's battling brad pippi he's really battling himself in uh in an underground parking garage uh where the um where the van is, yeah. right? And there's this one scene where Edward Norton gets, or one part of the scene where Edward Norton gets knocked down. And you see you see him from the front, you see his face, and then you look up and you see Brad Pitt looking down at him. And then you look from Brad Pitt's perspective down to the back of uh, Edward Norton as he's crawling underneath um, underneath the van. And then you get a shot from underneath the van watching Edward Norton gra- like come right towards the, you go under the van right towards the camera. It's like, thank you for showing me every aspect of this action. Fuck you, Greece, for not giving me any of that whatsoever. It's just shit like that is what he does best. He's, he's so good. I mean, this, the scene when uh, Edward Norton beats himself up in front of his boss. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, That's another great one. His shot is, <laughs> is just fantastic because you're getting it from the perspective of the boss. Yes. Uh, and you're just you're feeling that terror of like, oh, my God, I can't stop this. This is not anything I would ever have expected. I don't have there's no like there's hand, nothing you can do. There's no handbook for this. No. Like, how do I deal with this? And it's just chilling. It's absolutely chilling. And yeah. you know at that point there's nothing the Edward Norton character won't do. Exactly. So it's just it's just it's it's amazing to watch. And um it, I love how they shoot those office scenes with like the the low fluorescence. Um it just seems like the most miserable, depressing place totally in the miserable. world. Yeah. Um it, it, he he's fantastic. I mean, go, you know, so where does this rank among Fincher's films? Um the Social Network is the most important film of this century we're currently in. Yeah. Uh nothing he's done before touches that for me um this movie you know we knock movies a lot and i i do too for being especially more modern movies for being message hammers i mean that's all this movie is it is it's just lecturing us the entire time you are not the contents of your wallet you're not all right like 
it's a bit more forgiving this because it's a different kind of message hammer than maybe what we're used to. So maybe because of that originality. It's also more thorough and fun. Like it's more, it's, it's not just like a blatant mess. It's different. It's, it's, uh, it's explored from a, a number of different, it's okay. Number one, it's a very creative premise. Number two, yes. it's explored from a number of different ways. Uh, the narrative, the narrative is, you know, you see the kind of the end first and then you filling in the gaps. We know, but it, but it's done in an interesting way. Right. So it doesn't feel like just this one big message. It kind of does to me. To you? Yeah. I mean, they lecture me the entire time. It's, it's Brad Pitt shouting things about how Edward Norton should live his life. That's what the whole fucking There's movie some of is. That. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. It's just a con. And now the thing that maybe we're forgiving is, oh, well, it's like a cool lecture, right? Like it's like the cool big brother giving you a lecture. But it's like, it's still at some point, it's like, all right. Like, at some point, you, you, you know, you know, the, the older I get, watch this. Like, at some point, you want everyone to be like, dude, you live in a fucking shack. <laughs> yes. Who the fuck are you? You're, you get, fucking, you're a fucking mess. You're getting rained on all night. You're like, like you're going place, to the fucking basement. This place sucks. And it's filled with water. This place sucks. Yeah. Like at some point you're like, what, what the fuck? I also found it hard because I'd seen it before. We've seen it before. It was hard. Like that yeah. was a hard part too, because you can't, you don't really see like it was hard uh, when Helena Boehm's uh, Carter's like sh- when she's in and, ha- and interacting with one or the other, it's hard to, it, I like, you know what's going on. It's just not as much of a surprise anymore. So it, you, you see what's happening. Did you, you see her. When do you see this movie first? Probably right after Kim, maybe 99 sometime. In the I theaters guess. or like on I video? I didn't see it I in the theaters. Video. I saw it in video I too. It. Yeah. And now, did you know the ending the first time you saw it or no? I did not. So this is pretty shitty. So Rosie O'Donnell, um, for the, the Rosie show back when that was on, yeah. she saw the movie opening weekend and it came on that Monday show and trashed the movie and said the ending. Oh, that's bullshit. Yeah. I didn't know it. Really lousy. I didn't know it. So it was surprising to yeah. me because they, Fincher does a good enough job. You know, she, she's confused sometimes, yeah. but not so confused where it doesn't fit in the moment. But now knowing it, it it's clear. And there's, little, and there's little things too, like, you know, the beginning of the movie before we meet Brad Pitt's character, you see like the flashes, quick flashes yeah. of him, you know, and it's obviously it's, you know, everyone's brain just like creating this, yes. this new character yeah. slowly. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I forget if I, if I knew, if I known the ending or not, I honestly don't remember if the first time I saw it, that tells me that I probably did know it did because know. I wasn't like, I don't have a memory of myself being, being shocked surprised. by the ending. Yeah. So I think I might've already known it. Um, I've seen it a bunch since then. I saw it a bunch. Like it really spoke to me when I was 18 through 24. Like, yeah. I'd watch this movie. Like maybe like, I don't know, Christ every month. I just, I, I was, and I just loved watching it. You know, just the visuals were fantastic. Yeah. I love the dust Brothers score. Like yep. I had the soundtrack, like, like uh, all of this movie just really like, I thought it was more wise than I think it is now. Um, and I, ha- I hadn't watched it all in my 30s. This is the first time I'm watching it about 10 years. Um, and it's, like I said, is it, is it still, I'm like, I was looking through my top, right now I have it like in the 70s or 80s as top 100 movies for me. It's in that mix. Sure. It's like, uh, is it, you know, like, well, it's a fly. Like we, did, we covered that for this show. Like, is the fly a better movie than this? I don't know. But I know one thing. When I'm 65, I'll like the fly more than this. I think you're right. Yeah. Maybe not now. But yeah. I, 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 you know, like this just feels, this is, has no weight to me anymore. It's just some like angry guy complaining Yeah, and without giving me any sort of solutions, it's just a rant and it's a clever rant and it's a beautiful, beautifully shot rant and it's incredibly well acted and, and it does all those things really well. But at the end of the day, like the satire, like, all right, like, but is commercialism is bad, but like, 
but is it that bad? Well, okay, so we know we know this now, or we're, we've been confronted with this message for a lot longer now. Like at the time, we weren't because it was close enough to the '80s where consumerism was yes. really much, you know, it was right. at its peak. Like everybody, you know, was really into that. So. You're right, because like having now more we have stuff. Things, like people have like those tiny homes. Yes, exactly. So like there is now right, there is this whole new yeah. cultural shift of sure. like even now, like, you know, there was right, the McMansion's a great point, right? Ninety eight's like the height of them, right? Sure. And then like now there's a thing about like having smaller homes. I think yeah. our generation does a better job with not having just excess. Exactly. Like I think we've met, and I think the gener- the millennials do an even better job than us. Like they have a, even a smaller like footprint on things. I don't mean like carbon. I mean like, yeah, just they like just seem, they don't want you know, as much stuff. Right. They were right. happier living in cities, like in smaller apartments, but just kind of enjoying experiences yes. more than our boomer parents who were more about like, Oh, let's get the biggest house in the suburb with the biggest car, which and, makes sense because right before then was a depression. So they you know, when they, they right, so like parents, the, yeah, their parents right. grew up with nothing, you know? So uh, and I also think they were the first, generation that was sold commercials to yeah and true. they bought into it more than ever like, yeah i mean there's a reason they have all these fucking commercials that say like buy gold like they wouldn't have them if people weren't buying it yet it's like it's like i'm not saying buying gold is bad but those commercials are yes, exactly. obviously yeah you know reverse mortgage. they work yes they have reverse mortgage commercials like they work they work so like but that wouldn't i don't think that would work for our generation or maybe it, it doesn't won't as well because we're just more cynical about advertising marketing's changed uh the you know in the last 10 years it's gone more towards permission-based marketing it's like opting into getting marketed to is mm. happening way more now like sign up to my email list because if you sign up to my email list well then i know you're actually interested in my product it's 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 a it's a consent thing whereas before it was just it was this, not it was just, a- just like bopped on the head yeah. yeah we don't like it we don't like billboards as much or neon right. or anything like super invasive we don't like, and the generations after us don't like either. Don't like either. So I think I think it changes. Our perspective of it changes now because we are just way more confronted, and you know, we're, we're that that type of overt consumerism. We're over. Like we've moved past it. And maybe it'll come back again. Yeah, this shit's all cycl- cyclical. Right. So, uh, but for Fincher's films, Alien Three, I haven't seen that, and I'm not going to go through his whole thing. But well, sure. maybe we'll look at kind of the bigger ones, like Seven, The Game, and he has Fight Club. So maybe we'll look at those first four. I mean, I haven't seen seven or the game and forever and i love those movies i did a game rewatch a few months ago yeah and it really holds up yeah it's really good and uh i I was looking so that's also my top 100 and i have it i have it lower and i'm like i don't i might even like i'm not ready to do it yet but i'm (laughs) I'm really considering like flipping them yeah like i think that i'm not this movie has so many good elements though that it does i'm still hanging on to them uh but yeah, I, I, this movie's not long for my list. I don't think it's just, it's just I feel it's And then Seven, it's great. It's a, it's a hard movie. Also, my top 100 list as well. Also, low on it. Yeah. Um, it's just like, it, so much of the movie is shock at the grisliness of the crimes. And the older I get, the less I want to see grisly crimes. I, I just, I don't want to see that. No, I don't. I don't. We'll. Ha- I'm sure we'll have to cover seven for the show. Oh, so. I'm not looking forward to watching that because I don't need. I, like I, I right. don't have. I sort of distaste for that right now. I think I probably will for the rest of my life. We don't. I don't need that type of violence anymore. But at the time, and at the time, it it scared me and scarred me a little bit. And I, but I think it's brilliantly made. I just yeah. don't. I don't like. You know how I don't like the experience. Is is Fincher the closest thing we have to Kubrick? No, he does probably a, does a ton of takes. Probably, like he's just like Kubrick, where he'll just shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot yeah. and shoot and shoot. And he's like the anti Clint Super Eastwood. specific, yes. Um, very targeted. The only thing with Kubrick though was Kubrick was so uh, 
I think, uh, free to do different genres. Like he'll do a horror movie. He'll do yep. a horror movie. He'll do like a, uh, <laughs> like Barry Lyndon's like, a, you know, and then, he'll, you know, then he'll do like Clockwork Orange, yeah. which is, I guess this is a parallel to this. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Right, it's like sci-fi, right. Yeah. Like 2001, right. So like he, I think Fincher is more narrow in his genre scope, but I feel like he doesn't, you know, he obviously, I know he did the TV stuff with the mind hunter stuff and which is sure. fine. It's, yeah. it's not, not that cup of tea, but, no. but you know, since 2012, he's made two films, you know, he's done 2014 does gone girl. 2020 is Mank. You know, is he doing, which is a different genre of film too. Is he, it is, and he's so intelligent like Kubrick was with his films. I, I, I think he's our, our Kubrick. I think you're probably right. Yeah. Cause he hasn't done many films. I mean, there's only, I mean, what's he done? He's done four 10 films or something. He's done eight, 11 films now. Okay. 11. I mean, Tarantino's only done 10 or nine, I guess, how you want to frame it with grindhouse or the two kill bills but so i mean these guys don't do movies very often they don't it's too bad because he doesn't he's he's not, he's not a young guy anymore either he's 58 I he mean, went on a run from 07 to 11 so 07 is zodiac yeah oh eight he does benjamin button right which i like more than most people do I, I like zodiac less than most people do but i i really need to sit and do every watch i haven't seen it forever i haven't seen it forever button i actually like more than most people do 2010 is social network yep. so it's only two years after that and the next year he does girl with dragon tattoo which i haven't seen oh it's so good I really should see that. You should see it. I liked it. So I read, I read the books. Okay. And I also watched the, the first Swedish movie? version. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's three. It's a trilogy. So okay. I watched all three of those. Oh. And really liked the characters. Um, how did the Fincher I one thought, stack up with I didn't three? want to see it because I'm like, oh, I just saw the, you know, it wasn't that long after when this came out. And I kind of felt like it's just, this, you know, this American director's coming in and just sort of taking it over. Sure. And it's like, oh. But he did an, a phenomenal job. And the score's amazing, mm. amazing with, you know, Nine Inch Nails and yeah. um, Trent Reznor. Yeah. Trent Reznor. And the acting's amazing. I mean, it's it's really good. It's it's. It's a tough. That's not the easiest one either, but it's a uh, it's yeah, a really good one. I gotta watch that, right? You should. Yeah, that's that's a must read. That, that's a that's that's one I because I I I would think I'd enjoy. I think I that. would like watching that more uh, more than I watching this one at this point. Watching uh, watching Fight Club. Well, he's matured, and that, so that's a credit to Fincher too. Like Fincher, Absolutely. as he's gotten older, he's he hasn't. Social Network is definitely. Um, I mean, Sorkin wrote it. You know, Fincher directed. It definitely has a cynical look at technology which i really appreciate um but it's not as ham-handed and as angry as this film is no it's not no and i think it's a sign of maturity in a director yeah you're probably right yeah like, things like, should have like, way more nuance tarantino's yeah. like Res- well you know that's so with tarantino like he does reservoir dogs which is a very angry film very good film in my top 100 but it's still an angry film it is and i think he matures but then he did hateful eight which was such a step back for him i thought it was such an angry mean movie and i thought so needlessly i'm like this is i felt like i was watching something done by a child yeah um you know it was beautifully shot nothing nothing against that but it just meant the tone especially the script and how it all kind of just gets into like a really nasty ending it does and it's like oh this is just an angry person right now yeah maybe yeah i felt it was like it was very immature and i felt some of that watching this in that it's beautifully made it's incredibly casted but like this is this is this is for children like not children but this is for young men and I'm not a young man anymore. And um, but it's it's still a great. I'm going to give it an A minus. Yeah. Okay. We're in the same plot. A minus B pluses for me. Where I, where it is. It's yeah. it's it, it's um, <sighs> it's hard. It's hard for me. I there's a big part of me that wants to give it an A. I I'll, I'll, I'm going to give a caveat here. It's an A minus for me. I'm 41. If you're 28, if you're 17, 
probably an A probably movie, an a. A movie yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. Go check it out. Uh, I think it's, everyone should see it. It's really good. It's really well done. It's really smart. It's really well acted. I think I disagree with Matt on the, on the Norton. Norton's amazing here. Yeah. Um, Pitt's fantastic. Pitt's great. Um, it's it's a fun movie. It's, it's super it's, fun. It's funny. It's like the, really the, funny. The fucking liposuction uh, scene where they're going and grabbing fat and they're just falling. <laughs> the fat's all over the oh, so, the bag rips. So oh, it's so gross. And funny. It's really good. Yeah, and, it, and like it shows you how talented Norton and Pitt are. Like that's there's not a lot of um <laughs> no. with that one scene in particular. There's no uh, there's no dialogue. It's all physical humor. <laughs> no, yes. Like this is repulsed by it. It's really funny. And then Pitt's like trying not to be repulsed by it. <laughs> yes. It's really funny. Like it's it's really good. Like it's really well done. Um. It's a very funny movie. It has some great quotes. Oh, it, it's a lot of lecturing, um, which the older I get, the less I want to be lectured. Sure. But, um, but it is in still, like I said, really funny. It has things I think, this, th- things that happen in this movie I think about at least once a week. Every week. <laughs> like I said, the airplane thing, the uh, you are not the contents of your wallet is a really good line. The Ikea thing, anytime I go and shop for furniture, I think of the Ikea yes. catalog coming to life. And uh, Norton saying like, oh, I thought that was, a le- that was my last sofa. Was right. last and I'm like, I was like you're there, 30 years old. <laughs> if everything, but this is the mentality. If everything goes wrong, at least I got that sofa box yes. checked, which is kind of <laughs> how I live my life. So I'm like, ah, I can understand. Like, you know, you're like, all right, I do look at things like that especially when you're moving, I'm sure we all do. Like you look at almost like checking boxes. Yes. And say, like, all right, good. I got that. You know, got that covered. it is, it is funny. Yeah. I got that, going, <laughs> which is nice. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, it, it's a very good movie. I know it feels like we, uh, well, I mean, we could have sat here and blew the movie all, all the fucking, you know, all episode, but I, I just think, I just think it, it's more appropriate to talk about the places where it fails. It's a good movie. Watch the movie. Yeah. I think the other thing with me too is, um, so there's a different, so this movie, I was really excited when this movie came up, but much more so than, uh, say, for instance, like Princess Mononoke. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, but I was really excited for, Go for, for, the, for this movie, though, sure. all kidding aside, because there's so much to talk about here. There's, this movie has the philosophy. This movie has an energy. This movie has... So I give the movie a lot of credit for that. This movie has the balls to have an opinion. It does. It's a ridiculous opinion at times. It doesn't really offer any solutions, and it's childish at times, but it's a point of view. Sure. And it's not a point of view we're typically used to seeing. No. The movie... and. You know, for Fincher to get this made, uh, and, and I, I definitely recommend, I'm going to talk about this, this book all the next, uh, the next two weeks, so get used to it. It's best movie year ever. Uh, and I read, so it has different chapters for different, um, for different movies. Different movies. I read the one about Fight Club. It, we're going to be covering American Pie in two weeks. It has one for that. It has some other ones too we're going to be covering. I think it has one for Blair Witch. Um, and, uh, well, let me, I want to make sure I get the, the, the author's name. It's Rafferty. It yeah. is Brian Rafferty. It's Rafferty with one F. It's best movie year ever. How 1999 blew up the big screen. I can't uh, recommend this book enough. Um, it uh, actually it, sounds fun to read. It's a really fun read. Yeah. And it has a lot of interviews with people uh, now. So it's really cool. Like Fincher talks about, you know, making this movie now. He's like, oh man, like dealing. He didn't want to deal with uh, Fox because Alien 3 was such a nightmare for him. Yeah, he basically disowned that movie. He, he, he hates he, it. He hates that movie. And I like it. <laughs> I, I saw it once. It was okay. I, 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 we, I'll be, I'd be happy to see it again. Yeah. But he, the real, real issue with him was just dealing. I guess every day they were just on his ass with stuff. Yeah, it was sure. just, it was a nightmare to deal with. Yeah. So he's like, I'll never do that move with them. But then uh, Fox bought the book for ten grand, so they own it. Ten grand? Yeah. Oh my god, that's nothing. I know. Uh, bought the rights for a super cheap. Oh. And then, um, but no one else was like, yeah. You know, so just like, she's like, I don't know who could make this movie. It wouldn't be me, but 
like the woman who got who i think it was laura ziskin got it she's like oh I, I can't make this but somebody can yeah um so he jumps on board and they make this this movie does not make money it movie loses it money. doesn't yeah and um, I, actually that's, that's a question too why did it why was it like kind of panned at the time i don't get it yeah i mean it makes sense why really? it's but it's still brad it's like peak brad pitt it's actually pre peak norton too isn't it yeah it is but think about what this movie, this movie i is guess like anti they don't know how to they don't know how to market this movie but I would just think like it's almost it almost kind of looks like an action film with Brad Pitt and Edward well, Norton. Try to market that way, but it's like it's not really that. So people th- who who did expect it to be that came out pissed off. Yeah, it's also dealing with things people aren't used to, and then you have critics who are older, like Roger Ebert. You know, really was disconnected from this movie. Mm. Like he couldn't appreciate it at all. Um, and he's like, "Hey, it's brilliantly made, but this movie just doesn't speak to me." Yeah, uh, and he kind of missed that at the last paragraph of his review. He's just like, "I, I this movie, I, this movie, maybe this movie is for someone, but it's just not me." Yeah, um, which I get it, man. If I saw this movie for the first time when I'm 55 or 62, I probably am going to be really annoyed by this movie. Yeah, just young I was idiots breaking this movie shit. At 41 at times, and I had seen it. You know, I saw it when I was 18, which is the exact age it should see this. Yeah. Um. So I can. So I have the. I'm able to re- like have it adoration for it because i remember how i felt watching the first time yep. and i can respect it on that note but if i didn't have that connection i'd be like you know ah, all right guys yeah, quit, get us out quit of here. bitching fix yeah. something yeah i can see that so i, I get it but uh, yeah the book is really good it has a lot of really cool it has some interviews with norton uh you know they, they had the script come in they couldn't get anything and i guess norton i'm um, norton pitt uh the script of jim Ools uh and uh fincher all worked in the script together for a while which also might have started edward norton's then becoming impossible to work with because then he wants control of every project sure. he's on yeah he wants to he always thinks he knows more than the screenwriter he becomes a theme with him and it ruined his career and i don't know if it started with this movie or not but he he was able to go in and do some stuff like the volkswagen Beetle scene that is uh that's all norton yeah he, he hated him yeah yeah which i get um but yeah so they all worked on it together um and they came up with this uh they brad paid uh they paid him 17.5 for this 17 million yep holy shit they paid norton want to guess how much they paid norton how much 2.5 wow different parts of their career you know he, i guess so yeah you know, Pitt was coming off of seven of course uh norton was in primal fear uh was in people versus larry flint but um you know wasn't i don't think he'd been nominated yet no because when was what was, was he nominated it? for american history x i thought he was right? yeah that might have been earlier. No, than... no, he was not. No, 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 he was nominated. He was nominated for Pinal Fear. Okay. Um, he's very good in that. Very he was, good. I don't think he's ever like top builder movie that made a lot of money. Like now uh, up until, you know, up until that point. Uh, so he, um, he was supposed to do another movie for the studio he was with. He ended up, um, putting that off and then he did this movie and the, the, the movie was uh, the Italian job. So that's he, right. He did the Italian job because he had to. Yeah. He did. And it wasn't. I mean, right. He's it, not, it that's sense. not a good fit for him. Like reading that, I'm like, oh, that's why he did that. Because, yeah, like, that's not fit for him. I remember when it, I saw that when it came out. And I, it was fine enough in the theater. It's fine. I, I enjoyed it. It's a fun. But I remember thinking the whole time watching, it's like, why is he in this? That didn't seem like a normal. Yeah, I was like, oh, that makes yeah, sense. Like, yeah. they, you know, he could only push that football down the field for so long. It's like, no, you got to make a movie for us. Yeah, and that was what happened. Yeah, Ugh. too bad. Um. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, there was something else for Fincher. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Good. Good. Yeah. So, is this my favorite Fincher movie? Not even close um i should say i'm in close but no social well, it's gotta be things. like mid maybe it's in the bottom a bit i haven't seen mank so i don't know about that i haven't seen mank i haven't seen uh, but so I, like gone girl is i uh, think gone girl's great the, the more uh, that's one that's creeping up with me yeah the problem with gone girl i had the problem was i read the book first so oh, I you did kind of knew, yeah i saw yeah. everything go in the book is fantastic by, Julian, by julian flint's very good um uh, so I kind of, so I was like, eh. but then the more I see it, the more I'm like entranced by Ben Affleck's performance. Sure. And it's basically, it's Ben Affleck kind of dealing with fame 
or negative fame. And it's really interesting. Look, I'd love to cover that movie for this show. It's anything to do with the Fincher and Tarantino. I know we're being critical here because I just, they're at the top of their game. They're, they're, they're the best directors in the world. The ones I respect the most. I really love talking about their movies and I don't, I want to have a different discussion than what you hear on some other movie podcasts, which is basically like, I love this. This is great. Wasn't it funny when like, I'd rather really dig in deep in some of the minutia because I just expect so much from those guys. And they always like, I mean, we just talked for 43 minutes about this movie. I could, we could have gone on for long. Oh yeah. Well, there's more to cover. Cause there's so many themes and stuff. And it's like, well, that's a sign of a great director. So I know it sounds like we're knocking these guys around a little bit, but it's just, it's really, really done out of love and respect. Absolutely. Yep. See the movie. Shall we move on? Yep. You want it, but you fear it, but you love it when you near it. Sit up on the sofa, get a little closer. Touch you right, do it like a man's supposed to. Knew you was the one, that's why I chose you. Cause you get down for yours and ride like a soldier. To satisfy you by uh, Puffy and R. Kelly, um, I think maybe he went by Diddy at this point. I don't know, that's what it was fucking, I don't care. Uh, I, this is, this will not be out of love. Like this is, I hate, I really dislike every time I hear more puff daddy, I hate him more and more. I fucking think this is one of the most boring things I've ever heard ever. Um, I think the mix is bad too. You've got the R Kelly, like background backup vocals that are louder than the main vocals really fucked up. Um, mixed it's, it's mixed poorly. It's fucking boring. The sample is a basically just a direct sample. It just took another song and put, put puffy five. and fucking R Kelly over it. Yeah. Um, and that was even, uh, taken from another song. I'll, I'll, I'll take walk through that in a minute, in a minute too. But it is just like shit rap. This is like, I love rap. And then when I hear shit like this, it, uh, it makes me so angry. Cause it, I mean, it hit number two is behind smooth mm-hmm. first song we've done. Right. Yep. Um, so, you know, and it hit number one on a bunch of the other charts, but, but it was blocked by smooth, which was a fucking, you know, a generational hit. Uh, but still it sold, you know, millions and fucking was nominated for a Grammy. And I just, I can't, I don't understand why people like this bullshit. It does. This is so boring. Are you bored when you listen to it? Yeah, so this is the worst song we've covered. Oh. Uh, and I am, I'll play along. You know, you don't need to do clips and stuff. Uh, I never want to talk about R. Kelly on the show again. No. And I actually want to spend my time, uh, instead of talking about this song, because I, the song's. It sucks, right? I, actually, yeah. beyond that. Uh, I found the song to be like a, like a threat. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I think it's, um, I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, so this is the first time I didn't listen to the song on the way over here. I listened to the song twice and I watched the video and I'm done. Uh, I would prefer if we never have talked about R. Kelly in the show ever again. I'm, I mean, I'm not one for banning, but I, uh, I, uh, I am done with him. Uh, and so like, okay, so there's two steps to this and we can then get into the song more yeah, if you sure, want. I'll sure, play sure. along sure, uh, sure. Yeah. to the best of my ability here. Um, so the two things I want to talk about is banning someone from the show or not talking about something in the show. So I, I don't want to ever really cover R Kelly again. Uh, if you bring up your music's your thing, if we talk about it, that's fine. I might just check out. Yeah, we'll see. Um, th- so then it's like, all right, Chris, but well, what about Michael like, Jackson or like, great. Yeah, exactly. Michael yeah. Jackson. I was thinking like Bill Cosby. I was thinking more movies cause I was trying to sure. relate it back to, you know, back to my element. Oh, know. right. I don't know that I'd be comfortable talking about a, like Bill Leonard Cosby Part six, like that could in theory come up or ghost tag, <sighs> um, or like a Woody Allen movie. So, yeah. I think it's a little bit different, but here's why. And I'm totally open to a conversation here about it. I think it's more interesting than this song. Um, so with Bill Cosby, he's not, he's not playing a rapist. 
like in this in the movie. Like he's not like this song. I could see R. Kelly. Like Gar Kelly is like using this song to get girls. Yeah. Like I don't feel that Bill Cosby. Now Bill Cosby's using the power of his movies to get women. So I get there is a direct connection there. I know there's that episode of the, of the Cosby Show where he talks about like this barbecue sauce. He does. And then there's obviously that stand-up set he did too. I find both of those to be as revulsive, as revolting as this song. Like th- that's the same connotation. But the other things he's playing a part. Woody Allen movies I think are a little bit different in some ways, but then in some ways the same because he's kind of this lecherous. So like in Manhattan. I watched that like uh, six years ago. I will never watch that again. That is com- I, completely repulsive. It is shot beautifully. It's amazing. Gordon Willis is a genius. It's but fantastic. He's dating a high school. He's dating a high school and he's like basically bragging about it. Yeah. It is the most fucked, is justifying this like really fucked up, disgusting behavior. Yeah. Um, so that's a movie where I think it's like direct parallel to this song. I, where I think like, ha- like Hannah and her sisters of like witchcraft and the women. Maybe there's got to be some parallels there. I-, I would be more open to talking about those for some reason r kelly just really triggers me and um what is your take on i guess that whole oh i think he's vile i mean what, what was he like he's got video of him like peeing on underage girls oh, like no, it's no, just like no i, I that's my second part of it. I'd like oh, to okay go, all right go we're not there his, yet his, his his stuff okay uh, but how do you feel like it's the banning or where do you fall on well because i mean the roman polanski is another good example Great it's like example. i mean he is a vile human being and it's tough it's i i think michael jackson did it I think Roman Polanski did it. Me too. And Michael Jackson, I love his art. And Roman Polanski, like things like The Ninth Gate. I, I've, I mean, <laughs> those are there. He's made films that I that really speak to me. It's a tough. It's tough. And I am I being hypocritical because we covered a Michael Jackson song in the show with Say Say Say, and we kind of we talked about it. Not really though. Like we kind of covered the song on its merit, and I'm just not willing to do that here. I don't know. I know. It's fucking tough. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I know. I feel like the lines are, and I was, I was kind of like, I, I was kind of beating myself up a little bit. I'm like, is the line arbitrary? Like where, like why do I draw a line with one then not the other? But it I is, do. It is. Yeah, it is arbitrary. I think I, I, I'm not. So I am more, I would consider my, it's interesting that you're hard line on this because I would consider myself more hard line with, with looking at the, the, you know, the, the reputation of someone and and having that be my guide and I, so i'm the type of person that would say i'm not going to consume that person's art because i hate the reputation i feel like i'm that guy but i'm not but it, but you're the you're the one i don't know but, I don't I, but, know. I, I, but right but i am with this but not others so i, I definitely feel like i'm being a little bit of a hypocrite but i think I, I just think things are complex and this is one i think the issue so it's really like the issue i have in this song is like even the lyrics like no one something like no one knows you like i do i'm sorry i haven't listened to it in a day i, I apologize but yeah there's a lyric like that like it's like it feels like he's like he don't understand you like i do no he'll never make love to you like i do so give it to me because i can show you about a real love you like i do that is a weird mind game <sighs> i so when i listened to it i chalked it up to them not being very good at writing lyrics Probably. um but you but it could be darker than that i don't know i mean we know rob we know r kelly is so it, you Let's know it could be it. um uh 1994 he marries Aaliyah. Aaliyah is 15 he's 27 fuck um that marriage was annulled um yeah uh, she dies of course after the marriage is annulled um a quote he, he has is out of respect for Aaliyah and her mother and father uh, i will not have that conversation with anyone about their marriage personally I don't know. 1996 he sued for emotional distress by tiffany hawkins yeah uh three-year relationship uh with him he was 24 she was 15 um he was sued by an intern uh in 2001 in 2002 there were two more court cases 
Um, there's a sex tape going around with, uh, another one, uh, another woman claims that she was, uh, forced to have an abortion. Uh, at least one of those women were underage. Uh, in June 2002, he's charged over child pornography. Uh, Chicago police actually uh, accused him of videotaping these acts, enticing a minor to participate in them. Uh, all of them related to a girl, uh, that was, uh, underage, underage being under 18. Uh, 12 counts in 2002, uh, of making child pornography in Florida, where he was actually arrested. Uh, police seized the camera. The charges were dropped, though, when the judge uh, agreed the police lacked sufficient evidence to justify that search. Um, fast forward to July 2007. This kind of leads into a lot of the problems he has today. Uh, he is currently incarcerated. He's a, he has not been found guilty. He is awaiting charges. Um, uh, six women accused uh, R. Kelly of being trapped in a sex cult, dictating what they eat, how they dress, when they bathe. Uh, they felt they were they were trapped in this house. Um, we have uh, f- uh, some parents reached out trying to find their daughters. They couldn't find them. He was he knocked off all communication with his, with their family. Uh, another woman, uh, Jerhonda Pace, um, breaks an NDA, uh, said that she had sex with R. Kelly when uh, she was underage. Um, another woman, Kitty Jones, claims the star starved her, coerced her into sexual encounters with other women, and physically abused her. Uh, and then uh, you, I mean, you keep going on. There are currently. Um, there were 10 counts in Chicago with uh, aggravated criminal sexual abuse. Uh, he uh, recently also got charged with another 20 counts uh, of charges here. Um, Jesus yeah. Christ. So he's currently awaiting trial uh, for over 30 counts. I believe over 30 counts uh, against him currently. I think it's a 10 plus 20. I think there's two different uh, situations there. Um, but it's just the, the list and he he was obviously just protected by the record industry so i think about even puff daddy i know like we've joked around this sh- not joke but we're talking to the show like hey i liked his music when i was in high school we talked about that like there's no question that 1999 when this song was made puff daddy didn't know about some he had of these to issues yeah like, everyone who had Aaliyah, right? he probably even knew more because he was well, of he's, course. he's in there he's in those like, circles i mean like what are we doing like you know everyone knew about the Aaliyah thing like he marries Aaliyah in 1995 or something like that like yeah. Why did we allow this guy to keep doing stuff? Like, what are we doing? I don't understand. Like, I know that that money and, you know, fame gives you privilege. I don't understand how this can, like, happen over and over and over and you just keep getting off. I don't get that. Like, me, I got, I, tell me if you think I'm wrong here, but, like, I remember, like, 15 years ago, like, everyone knew R. Kelly, R. Kelly was a creep. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, Chappelle is making fun of him. Like, if we knew that. Yeah. Like, just regular then, then, people, like, then they would have the known. industry didn't know. I mean, I didn't know, so I didn't look into it. That I knew in my it's head, I knew it was good, yeah, but right. I didn't. I didn't read that list. That's that's fucking crazy. It's that's crazy. a lot. And I, I skipped over that's, stuff. That's fucking prolific. That is prolific, nasty, nasty behavior. That's it's, not a one-off. It's a serial. It is a serial fucking yeah. Yes, Ass, like you know, and it, 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 the pattern, the, the the constant is like fifteen. Like you keep seeing number fifteen pop this up. Is like and like he he you know Matt McConaughey in uh, Days of Confused. Like you know he keeps getting older, but the girls keep staying the same age. Yeah, and that's true with him and this. Like he just keep in you know. I, I see his face and my blood boils. I, uh, I just, I watched that video and I was like, just angry. Yeah. The song, I said, I listened to the song a couple of times and you're right. It's obviously, it's a terrible song on it's top of it. Shit. It's a terrible song. It is, it is, it is awful song. It's boring. It's, it's, it's has no purpose, but the whole time he's comes on, he's singing these things about like, I just imagine him like behaving that way to like a young girl. And I'm just like, I'm just disgusted. Well, that's who he's talking about. He's talking about he's some young be. girl. He's just talking about some 15 year old baby, basically like that's what he's talking about. And like, there's 
situations where he's been in court and father's like let me see my daughter i don't know where my daughter is and he's being like you know people have like (sighs) he's destroyed families destroyed like you know went like fucked him up emotionally you know all sorts of weird slave behavior you know there's obviously that you know p tapes or whatever else is going on with him like it's just it's a mess it's a me- he is, you know, and um, the record industry really, people should really take a deep look at themselves. Like, why did you allow this guy to keep, like, was he bringing in that much I mean, money? How, right. Like, what are we doing here? Like, why are we allowing this guy to, and I get it, he's got a great legal team, so he probably got out of some, like, we saw the technicality with the, um, sure. th- with the search, right? right. Yeah. So obviously he keeps getting out of these things with these technicalities, but at some point when you're protecting someone like that, you got to you know you got some blood in your hands. Absolutely. Think about that juxtaposed with what's happening right now. Someone says something on Twitter and they get thrown off at like a Disney right. show or something. Like think of the difference. It's crazy. Um but and I, I just I don't Yeah, you think at at one point the record company would be like, "All right, so you haven't been convicted of anything yet." But this is a pattern of behavior. Like we can't associate with you anymore. Right. Or who are his agents? Like you know, who yeah. Are, who would, who and would, obviously, I know he has to have a lawyer defend him. I don't. I don't. No, I'm not. You know, everyone should have defense. I'm, that's fine. I'm, yeah, but I'm who's obviously. his team? But who is? Yeah, who are his people that you know? His people his protecting entourage. him. Right. Yeah. Like you're right. His agents, his record producers, his record companies that sign him to contracts. Where where are they in all this? And not only that, like he's got bodyguards and assistants and all those people yeah. who are like you know milking off the fucking teeth that is R. Kelly. Whatever he's making or whatever he's bringing in, you know, being a part of his well, his crew. So like, assigned NDAs, but like they know they must have like brought groupies in. They must have like you know they knew what was going on. <sighs> Absolutely. Yeah, he's fucking repulsive. Really, really disturbing stuff. I am done. So I would no, we don't prefer we never no, talk no, about no, R. Yeah. Kelly again. We can go through. No, the no, there's no, there's no reason. You know, uh, fuck it. I mean, uh, I'm just I'm just done. No, I don't want to talk about it. I mean, he's a piece of shit. The song sucks. They ripped off. Uh, the, yeah, it was another uh, rapper. Uh, yes, that's exactly right. From five years before, from which is actually really used well in the movie Up. Uh, uh, if, if you say the, that, the um, uh, Jordan Peele movie, Up. Up I'm sorry, Up. Us. Us. <laughs> so angry. I'm like what? The cartoon I'm so, Up. I'm, I'm legit mad. This rap. Remember, remember when they were in the balloon and they played <laughs> play on the five? Uh, it's usually well in Us. Uh, that's a movie I would definitely recommend. It's a really good movie. You yeah, see, you see that one. You I have one. not. It's, it's on my that's list. One, I need to see I it. See the girl with the the dragon tattoo. Yeah, and you should see the um. Yes, you should see. Uh, uh, I definitely want to see it. Us. <laughs> um, I got five on it. Is yeah. the name of the song? Which is a really good song. <laughs> It is, it's better. Yeah, it's a good song. But they use it in like a creepy way. It has, it has kind of a creepy feel. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, they do a really good job. Well, and that's the other thing is now that you've got this fucking... Satisfy is a terrible, so, terrible... Even the name, like, it's, 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 it's gross. So gross. It's gross. Like, but then now they're using this creepy song. Like, the premise, what Puffy says is, it's I caught my woman cheating, and I'm devastated. And that's video, what he's saying. very clearly shows that. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's that's what he's saying. But, like, but it's creepy. It, the music for that is, like, it's stalkery and creepy yes. and... Ugh. It is really creepy. Ugh. This is this is the worst song I've ever covered. This is awful. This it's, is a horrible really song. Uh, horrible people. Horrible. Yeah. I mean, I I don't want to. You know, Puffy. It's a different situation with him. But I definitely. You know, this definitely like. I didn't honestly. I've never heard this song before. I'm not a. I was never an R. Kelly fan. I just. Never, I didn't know it. I didn't know this song. What's that? I didn't know it. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. So, but it definitely makes me think of like Puffy in like a lesser light. Like I definitely, you know, it definitely like put a little stain on him for me that he associated himself with him. Because like everyone knew. Give me a break. They like, had to know. They had. Uh, he married Aaliyah. She's yeah. fifteen. I know. It's fucked up. 
Maybe I'll just save my personal story till next. You can do because we're in ninety nine next month. It'll work. It'll next week. I'll do it. I'll just save it. I'm not. I'm not in the mood for it. Let's just go into news. All right. Like whatever. That's all. That's all disturbed. It's, well, yeah, it's fucking. It's, he's it's fucking awful, right? It's fucking it's awful. awful. Yeah, feel free to check it out. Uh, one of the things I went to is uh, the BBC. BBC, uh, actually, of all places, did a really good breakdown of his charges. Uh, it's quite a good. Yeah, I, I went through a lot of it there, but it's it's even more it's even more prestigious. I'm I'm skipping stuff. Didn't he do like some sort of media to like poor me tour he too? Did, yeah, did yeah, I remember that um, right? Was he on like not Oprah or something no, else? Oprah's friend uh, <sighs> interviewed him and like and he was like he was like aggressive toward. Her. <laughs> so bizarre this guy is such an asshole fuck uh, that guy yeah he um Ugh. yeah i mean he has uh prostitution charges against him and he's got charges in three different states currently fuck him um he was trying to get out of jail uh because of like covid scares and he was claiming he was sick uh he was trying he's trying everything he can to get out like he he's he has shown zero remorse like he yeah. everything he's done has completely been self-serving um uh, even his behavior up until you know this week is is still more self-serving fuck predatory no like a true a true a true evil person um a horrible person hopefully he gets what's coming to him good news is he is still in jail so um they've rejected all of his uh pleas to get out he can rot there and uh and i know he has just been accused so maybe uh it's unfair of me to be this angry about it but i mean just the the list no you can't i, I mean, mean at some point at some point when you're li- you just read a list of fucking 15 thing events for me like at some point you have to be like dude this guy's got to be hate. I mean, yeah, I mean, and, somebody's not and, found guilty. Like, fuck like this. you know, I do believe the victims. A lot of that, you know, the me too stuff was, was obviously really eye opening. I'm not saying, you know, like you just, you just really, it showed that when there's, there's power, there's and, all, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, this, all this stuff is happening so often. Obviously we knew about the R Kelly stuff beforehand, but like it is telling that it took, it took really the me too movement to really get enough to get these criminal convictions to actually stick. Yeah. It's, it's really disturbing stuff. Um, okay. Headlines. Uh, November 1st, uh, Walter Payton died at 45. Mm. Oh, Jesus. That's so young. And crazy. So right? young. He had a rare liver disease. Uh, he played from the bears, Chicago yeah. bears from uh, 75 to 87. He was, um, the best running back of his generation. Yeah. Uh, he held the rushing, the most rushing yards. Uh, he hold, he held that title, uh, until Emmett Smith broke the record. Uh, he is still second. Uh, Frank Gore is only 726 yards behind him. That's crazy. Gore had about Such a 600 long... yards this year. Uh, Gore won't touch him. The reason Gore got so many yards this year is because the Jets are so bad and they yeah. were just running him out there. Um, but still, he is still pretty good for being as old as he is. Was he like 38? Dude, it's crazy. Gore has been going on forever. So yeah, so uh, Gore has played obviously many more years than Peyton or a few more years than Peyton has. So that's why he's going to catch yeah, him if he yeah, does yeah, catch him. But yeah. it's crazy, right? It's crazy <laughs> how fit he is. I mean, I remember when he was a 49er. I was out West when he was a 49er. Yeah, I was I like, mean, was, <laughs> I mean, right. Exactly. No, these guys been playing forever. <laughs> and it, that was his prime. And he was already there before you got there. Uh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think his career started in 05. Fucking yeah, it's crazy, right? Uh, November 4th, Larry Dolan buys the Cleveland Indians for $323 million from Richard Jacobs. Uh, so remember, this is November 4th, 1999. Uh, the Indians had just moved into that new ballpark in 94, 95. Uh, they went to the World Series, of course, 95 and yep. lost. Went to the World Series, 97 and lost. And they were really a team that had kind of had everything, uh, except for pitching, I guess. But they had this amazing offense. They had amazing bevy of talent. And then, you know, Larry Dolan doesn't get enough I guess I don't know the credit's right word. This is get blame for being one of the cheapest, lousiest owners. Now they have gone to the World Series again in 2016 against the uh, against the Cubs. Uh, of course, they they lost in seven games. That was a good series, uh, but no, their payroll is almost always the bottom. It's really I low. I went to two Indians games um, 
Uh, I was on in Cleveland for business. I think it's 2014. But like the stadium is always way uh, incredibly low. There's no attendance. They used to have sellouts. They broke. They at one point had the record for most sellouts in most a row. Consecutive? Yeah, the Red Sox broke. Yeah, beat them, I remember that. But they had the record. Wow. Um, and, and the, the owner just like it's, he doesn't spend money. He's he's a terrible owner, and no one really shits on him. I no, don't, they I don't. don't get it. They kind of think of Cleveland as a scrappy team. It's probably because the city, like everybody, thinks of you know, oh, this poor underdog city, which is true that yes. they've lost a lot of population. And they have, um, I, of I, course. I really, I really enjoy my time in Cleveland. I, I've gone there three different times for business, and I've always had. I I was there last summer and liked it. I've yo, got a buddy who lives really outside of Cleveland. Right? Yeah, it's it's good. It's a good spot. Yeah, it gets a lot of shit. Doesn't deserve. Yeah. I think the downtown is really fun. It is. Yeah. You got the lake right there too. It's it's, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I, maybe, maybe some of that is rubbing off. It's like, oh, the scrappy city. So of course they don't I have guess. a big payroll, but, but you're right. Think about where they were already bought him. They just made, um, they actually made the playoffs every year from 95 to 99 and he buys them. And the next year they, they miss the playoffs and they, they go back in 01, but then they don't make the playoffs again until 2007. And then, and then it's like they're, you know, they, they keep getting decent. Like there's traded the way they're, Franchise shortstop uh, Francisco oh, right. Indoor yeah. to my Mets. Right, like they just keep carving away talent. Like if yeah. I'm an Indians fan, I am just beyond furious about that. And like Terry Francona is a great manager. He, he is. He, he's made that team competitive when they probably shouldn't have been as competitive. Yep. Like I guess they're hey give the Indians credit for having like a good manager and pay, paying some money there because they're not they're not doing it in the players their payrolls are almost always bottom of the barrel. Indian fans should be disgusted with this guy. This guy's a shit owner. And it's funny because his I think it's his nephew or his uncle or his nephew now i guess james don't owns the knicks mm. famously horrible owner he yeah. also owns the rangers he owns madison square garden and um no the knicks always are and and you should see this shit. james dolan gets shit on every day in new york for how bad the knicks are <laughs> every day they, they just they go at him so it's funny that larry dolan uh spends way less money than jim because jim only spends the money he's right a owner, but, yeah, yeah and then he doesn't they don't, it, i feel like he doesn't get any shit yeah i don't know i don't know piss me off november 5th uh, I'm curious about your opinion on this one. Yep. Uh, U.S. judge declares Microsoft is a monopoly. Janet Reno called it a great day for American consumers. Yeah. So the only reason why we have monopolies is because of uh, the state. The state allows this uh, this this entity called a corporation, and it shouldn't. What a corporation does is it doesn't allow people to be the you know it, it shields people from personal responsibility because you have a corporate structure so that the owners can't get sued, the structure can get sued, and what you do is you remove liability from the person, and then the companies don't act as good, and yada yada. And then you have you know. You have all these like competition issues and stuff coming from it, and you have you, you've got a you've got the structure that that grows this monopoly. So, in one side of the coin, I don't like the government coming in and breaking up a company, and on the other side, I blame the state for creating the corporate structure that creates a monopoly in the first place. So, I'm a little bit torn. It's like what's I don't you know this was the biggest they made the mess, and now they're you know yeah. This was the biggest news story of that week. If, if you just go by the size of the headline in the New York Times, this was the biggest story. Yeah. This had like a big front page, like almost the entire above the fold. Yep. Um, the Microsoft, as I'm sure you can imagine, was not happy with the decision. It's funny like to think of Microsoft Monopoly now in 2021 because I think of like Apple as a bigger techno. Oh, like, yes. Technological oh, force. Obviously, it is. It totally is. Right. Yeah. But it's just funny. It's like, oh, like I think I think it's like really I think it's really foolish to start declaring monopolies on companies that are so built on like technology because technology changes so fast it does so like they were all like upset they're like well and you know they're at the point now where people would pay any price for windows it's like well, no i not, not guess really. but like in 1999 but like just wait two years like the, all this stuff has a short shelf life so like 
I don't, maybe we should like dial back on just the current stuff monopolies on technology stuff and like just give it a moment to breathe. The other problem though is all the the see the legislators are are in the pocket of these companies too, you know, through many different ways. So they're writing rules that benefit these corporations as well. So there, there's this this incestuous thing between the state and and corporations is a, is a huge problem. And if that didn't exist, you wouldn't have monopolies. It would be easier for competition to happen. Um, cause you'd have personal liability. So when companies would get fucked up, then the owners would be responsible. So they couldn't, you know, it couldn't just be about the profits. They'd also have to do the right thing or they'd get fucked over. You wouldn't have these giant, it, it wouldn't be like that. Um, so is the whole thing's a mess. Okay. Yeah. That's, and that's honestly, that was kind of the, uh, <laughs> that was kind of the article said back in yeah, yeah, the whole thing's a mess. Like, you had different quotes from people. It was kind of hard to like determine like kind of who was right. Even like looking at, looking back on it now, it's like, oh, well, you know, it's, it just seemed like a clutter. It's a clusterfuck. Well, AT and T did the same thing. Ma oh. Bell, well, that right? Was it was in the eighties. Yeah, right? in the eighties, uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah which uh, you know, giant tele. And uh, to a certain extent, like you kind of, I feel for Ma Bell because they built. They put all the lines down. Right. You know, and, and same thing, you know, with internet companies. Yes, it's like, I don't like Comcast either. They suck, but they fucking put all the lines down. So, and now they're required by law to allow other people to use their lines. It's like they put up the funds. So, you know, the whole thing is fucked up. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're talking <laughs> about utilities too, right? There's a whole element of that, right? And then, yeah, no. And then there's subsidies sometimes that yeah. go into it. So it's more state and corporate, like, that's the problem. When you have the, when you have the government and you have the corporations and they're fucking shaking hands and doing business together, that is the problem. That's what, that's when we get fucked. The same thing with the government and banks, government and utilities. Like, that's how we get fucked. Uh, we are back on Wednesday with, uh, I'm sorry, we're back on Saturday. Back on Saturday, yes. With, uh, Princess Mononoke, which I, I could not be, uh, less interested in seeing. But are you more interested in watching Prin- Princess Mononoke or listening to another R. Kelly song? That's Princess the Mononoke is seven times a day. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm, I'm done with R. Kelly in my life. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm, we're done. I'm pretty good. We're with, done with him. Uh, Princess Mononoke and, uh, uh, a song. I forget which one. Um, uh, well, I'm sure to be less offensive. Oh, it's probably Smash Mouth. It's probably uh, All Star, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which way less offensive? Which <laughs> <laughs> won't yes. uh, yeah, drive me to anger again. Uh, we are back uh, on Saturday. See you then. Yes. See you.